This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Boker Tov, how are you? Uh, Boker Tov, I'm still in a state of sort of news overload and still struggling a little in the morning to work out what aspects um, of what's happening on the ground I should be covering with you guys. And I do welcome um, comments um, from listeners out there, if there are any particular aspects that you feel that you'd like to hear me talk about that I'm not covering, please do uh, send your messages in and let me know. I would um, like to cover what uh, is important for you because I know that uh, the community is somewhat under siege as a result of what's happening here on the ground. And to the extent that I can give you some information which might help the way that you think, the way that you might be able to um, contra- contradict some of the uh, untrue statements that are be- being made and, and making you feel um, uncomfortable or under siege or maybe questioning what's happening here, questioning Israel's actions, please do let me know and uh, I very much welcome your comments back. Right, so what is the latest in terms of, of course we've been following this hospital story and that started off very, very I mean, it's 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 shocking either way because there's a terrible loss of civilian lives, and let's not forget that. Uh, unfortunately, what happens is we move so quickly on to blaming, uh, trying to find blame that we kind of forget about the civilians, don't we? A little, and that of course is is extremely true. It's not exactly clear how many civilian lives really were lost in this incident, Howard. Um, initially, of course, the report said 200. Then uh, the Palestinian reports were downgraded to a few dozen. Um, but what was noticeable about this hospital incident is that there were no pictures because the Palestinians love putting pictures mm. out when there's uh, some sort of a drama, when there's some uh, negative news uh, to be attributed to Israel. The pictures come out very, very quickly. And up until now, we still haven't seen any style that they use in terms of putting out their pictures of people who were casualties in this hospital incident. And I'm really not sure how many casualties there really were in this hospital incident. Looking at some of the, the, the video footage that I've seen, it seems unlikely that there were no casualties. There must have been some casualties. It was quite a ser- serious explosion. But um, the way in which it was covered is just classic, um, you know, because um, we've now seen that Al Jazeera was uh, filming live at the time that the explosion happened. So we got the exact time of the explosion. We also know that it was exactly the time that missiles were being fired towards the central part of Israel. There was quite a significant barrage of rockets last night at exactly that time towards the Tel Aviv area, towards Rishon LeZion, towards Ramat Gan, towards Petah Tifa, areas like that all came under missile, quite heavy missile fire at exactly that time last night. Within 10 minutes, the Palestinians were reporting that an Israeli missile had hit the hospital. But, of course, 
um, we now seem pretty sure that this was an errant uh, Hamas missile that seems to have dropped on the hospital and caused um, this disaster. Exactly how many people were killed remains unknown at this time. Um, one thing we can be sure of is that whatever numbers Hamas are putting out are all an exaggeration in order to try and attribute the blame to Israel. And, of course, that's really... Um, Hamas seem sort of unashamed of false reporting, having now been proven almost beyond a reasonable doubt that the initial claim that this was an Israeli missile is untrue, they kind of move on. It's forgotten. Mm. And they don't lose credibility which is the, the worst <laughs> it's such an interesting part. thing. It's it's fascinating that, and and what we've been saying as well is that we've been, you know, I, I got into an argument literally for five days straight about how credible the information is about the beheading of babies if their throats were just slit, or if they were actually beheaded, and and with this there is no absolutely no interest in the information. Israel did it, and yeah. that's that. And, and no loss of credibility when it's proven to be false. And you get the established news channels, the likes of Sky and the likes of BBC and other news channels around the world, continuing to use this channel as a source for so-called credible, real, true news. Mm. And it really isn't. I mean, I've seen so many reports on Sky which have clearly come from the Hamas side and which have clearly been inaccurate and incorrect. And there is no attempt to say, oh, we're sorry, the source was inaccurate. We'll check it out in the future. We won't try to repeat this mistake of putting in incorrect information out there. No, they just repeat the same actions over and over again. So it's not only that Hamas lose no credibility, but even the world's best and most recognized news channels seem to suffer from the same problem because they don't seem to lose credibility when using that that source which is not credible so again i just like to warn listeners out there about believing what you read and about using it as a base for an argument either for or against we read we really need to be so careful about the information that we read and to what extent we're believing it or not believing it but what i can say to you is that clearly the Hamas side is trying to paint Israel as the, the 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 party responsible for all of this, and it goes all the way back to the reason that we carried out this attack mm. last week is because of the blockade. It's because of Israel's behaviour towards uh, Gaza over the last uh, fifteen or so years, and it's all because of that. And what I would say to you is that. If it were not for the so-called uh, controls, the so-called blockade, I don't like to use it a blockade mm. because there was no real blockade, but there were certainly controls that were put around Gaza to restrict the flow of people and to restrict the flow of goods and services in and out of the Gaza Strip. And now we can understand why. Because could you imagine what might have happened from Gaza had those controls not been put in place? I mean, people say, well, it would have been free and easy and we would have had peace on earth and, and everything would have been good and, and everybody would have been satisfied. But 
that's really not true because we've already understood that Hamas have no intention of doing that, not even under the most uh, permissive of situations, not under the most friendly of situations. Hamas have no intention of creating a friend out of Israel and to coexist alongside Israel. That is just not part of the agenda. It's not part of their, uh, any of their uh, documentation, their, their uh, um, objectives that they have. It's just not part of what they're all about. And so if we don't put controls around it, then we have more of an issue than we're already suffering with at the moment. This is what happens when we do put controls around things. Mm. Imagine what would happen if we don't. Don't for a moment be led to believe that this is all because of Israel's behavior since 2005 when the Gaza Strip was handed to them on a golden platter to say, guys, go out and build yourself a country. That's what we got. 100%. What is likely to happen today with Biden, if anything? Well, President Biden is due to land in Israel in approximately an hour from now, as, as far as I understand. I was quite surprised to see that they did publish the time that is due to land. Um, I would not relish being part of Joe Biden's uh, security team today. Um, I think this is going to be a very, very tough task. And usually they have months and months and months of preparation to put equipment on the ground and to bring special vehicles to different places uh, from the U.S. in order to protect the president. And this has all been put together within the space of just a few days. And, of course, coming to a very fraught part of the world where um, I have little doubt that the uh, uh, that Hamas will use Joe Biden's visit as an opportunity to fire a few missiles towards Israel. I think that um, at 10 o'clock this morning, which is in approximately an hour's time, we will probably see some sort of a barrage in order to welcome the U.S. president to Israel. What we understand is that he will meet with um, political leaders in Israel. He had been due also to go to Jordan to attend the summit and to meet with uh, King uh, um, uh, King uh, of the King of Jordan, and um, we understand now because the summit has been called off for reasons which are unclear to me. President Biden will not visit Jordan anymore. That's been called off. That element of the visit um, has been called off, and so he will no longer visit Jordan. But clearly, he will be in Israel for at least some hours, and I'm not even sure when he's due to leave. But according to one of the White House spokespeople, um, President Biden will be asking Israelis some tough questions. Um, and I'm not sure that now is the time to be asking tough questions. I have little doubt that President Biden has many tough questions to ask about humanitarian uh, considerations in the Gaza Strip and things like that. I'm not sure that now is the best time to be asking those tough questions, but Israel has preempted some of those by saying that they will create a humanitarian zone in the southern part of the Gaza Strip in the area of, of the uh, Rafah crossing. And so they will protect that and they will respect that as a humanitarian area to allow organizations to, to, to contribute towards helping those refugees who have left their homes in the rest of the Gaza Strip to come there and uh, there will be some sort of a protection offered by Israel under the circumstances. In the meantime, this morning, we understand that Israeli soldiers have been injured on the northern border with Lebanon, um, not seriously injured, but nonetheless, um, Israeli soldiers injured. And so there is quite a lot of action on the northern border with Lebanon. It's not clear how the Hezbollah organization will respond to the visit of President Biden. It's not only President Biden is visiting. Yesterday, we had the German Chancellor in Israel, Alt Schultz. He was very, very 
very supportive of Israel's uh, predicament and uh, situation that, that she finds herself in. We understand that President Macron of France is due to visit as well. And the last I saw was that Prime Minister Rishi Suganak of the UK has announced that he too will be visiting Israel next week. It's interesting that all of these international leaders are visiting now. Um, and one wonders to what extent they're trying to focus the terror on Israel rather than attract it to their own local areas and potentially try and come here and address their terror issues here rather than uh, acknowledge that they are under some sort of a threat and some sort of a risk in their own local communities. We saw what happened in Brussels, for example, during the football match between uh, Belgium and Sweden when um, there was an Islamic terror attack that killed two Swedish football supporters and injured another one. So there is clearly some sort of a terror threat in Europe and beyond Europe from extremist people who are being fired up by what's happening on the ground here in Gaza, and, of course, you guys in South Africa feeling it too. Indeed, it really, really is. The, uh, the land incursion, any sense of what is likely to happen? Still not at the moment. There is still little um, news about where the land incursion really lies. I still feel sure that it will happen. Um, I also believe, although I can't say for sure because I don't have any inside information, but I also believe that there are certain land incursions that are ongoing at the moment, just like the one that we heard about more publicly when a number of bodies were recovered. But I have little doubt that there are um, uh, preliminary incursions that are already taken place in order mm, to try mm. and uh, scout the, the lie of the land um, in Gaza and to see what a more a substantial incursion might look like. At the moment, no clear idea of when that will happen, but we do know hundreds of thousands of Israeli reserve troops and uh, standing army troops on the border with Gaza, on the border in, with Lebanon at the moment, training constantly, having feeling the outpouring of love from Israel's um, society. People have just been incredibly, incredibly supportive of our soldiers, of the emergency workers, and um, some true stories of bravery and heroism, not only within the army, but indeed within the civil sector as well. People are going out of their way to support um, hotels that have opened their doors to people who have been evacuated from the south and from the north. Um, just some incredible stories of people just coming together in the interests of helping our soldiers um, restaurant owners opening their doors when they've already closed their restaurants to welcome soldiers in, to give them a meal, and then to say, it's on the house. Not only did I open my restaurant when it was closed, not only did I cook a meal when I didn't have any staff to do so, but I'm giving it to you free of charge because that's my contribution to your effort. That's what we're feeling right now um, on the home front in Israel. Anthony Reich, thank you as always. We'll catch you tomorrow morning at 7.45. This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. Dot com.